Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Chris Rydell, actor and now podcast host, I guess. Um, that guy you've seen on a million TV shows and movies, but you still do not know my name. And I'm David Allen Bache, actor and sometimes producer. And you also recognize me from lots of films and TV shows, but you probably couldn't name one of them right now if I paid you to. The two of us and our guests are going to let you in on some secrets on how to make it as an actor and share some private stories from the many movies and TV shows that we've worked on. That's right. We're going to interview a special guest each week, and we'll get their best advice and wisdom for you about how to break into this business and how to stay in it. And yes, again, there will be stories, stories, stories. So let's get to it. This is Confessions of a Working Actor. Okay, welcome back to Confessions of a Working Actor. I'm here with Chris Rydell. Chris, I just want to put this out there. You know, we have lots of actors who are hoping for their next job. They're hoping it's coming soon. And I just want to say, keep going. It's right around the corner. I auditioned this week for a bunch of things, two things that I really want to do. One was a fun role on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And uh, the other one was a supporting lead in this film called Audrey's Children with Natalie Dormer from Game of Thrones. She oh, seems yes. awesome. Yeah. And it looks, it would be a really fun role. So, you know, I just want to, I just want to put that out there. Well, that's great. That's good news. Did you have fun? I did. I actually, I did. I did have fun with the auditions. Yes. Well, that is the goal, <laughs> I think. Make some interesting decisions, good choices, be prepared, yep. and have fun. Yeah, that's it. And then forget them. Exactly. That's very good advice. Thank you. And this week, speaking of good advice, we're going to hear from a very inspiring, hardworking, popular TV and film star, actress Alicia Reiner. You probably just saw her as the ruthless Agent Deaver in Marvel's new smash hit show, Ms. Marvel. And you also, of course, know her as the badass warden Natalie Fig Figueroa from Orange is the New Black. And if I'm not mistaken, she's produced some successful films. So she's yep. been on both sides of the table. And um, I'm sure we're going to get some unique perspective. Exactly. Speaking of unique perspective, full disclosure here. I not only love Alicia's work, but I truly love her. Ah, tell So us. much so that I've actually been married to her for quite a long oh, time now. <laughs> come on. For real, for real. <laughs> well, this is going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, not dangerous, but fun. <laughs> Please, everyone, welcome Alicia Reiner. Hello, Alicia Reiner. Hi, boys. Hello. Uh, uh, hello, hello, wife and actor and producer extraordinaire. It was tough to get her on the podcast, Chris. I got to tell you, I, really, <laughs> I had to twist some arms as, you know, bargain a little bit, but. 
he sold his firstborn, which, you know, is dangerous because she's mine too. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you, you fit right into the, to the idea of confessions of a working actor because you are, and I don't say this because I am married to you. I say this because it's true. You are absolutely one of the hardest working actors that I've ever met. And you continue to work. And so much of your work has been so visible lately. And uh, we want to start the episode by going back and saying, were things always as visible for you? How did you get started? You know, As an actor in interviews, you get asked that question a lot. So I'm trying to think about what people don't know. What have I never said before? And one of the things I've never really shared is I sort of kind of knew I wanted to do this since I was a little human. Mm. I do feel like it's a calling, like you don't do this and stick with it unless every cell of your body tells you you have to. So when I was a little human, I wanted to do this. And my parents said, you can't do it professionally until you're out of college, which, by the way, I think is a really good choice for me because I do feel like it is so deeply important to have life experience and to have like a liberal arts education and to experience as many things normally as possible before pretending for the rest of your life. Well, so I, I wasn't allowed to do it, but I was allowed to study. So I started studying very, very young and I studied in my early teens at HB studios with Michael Beckett and Bill Hickey And then I was one of the youngest people ever to graduate the summer program. I think I was the youngest person ever at that point to graduate the summer program at Circle in the Square. I had to get a special dispensation because it was made for college students. Was that was that like from the mayor? Who where'd you get how did you <laughs> Where did you get that from? I have no idea. I have no idea. I find that hilarious because our daughter right now wants to get her GED at 13. And I'm like, I get it, girl. I get it. And then I went to college. I wrote my college essays about how psychoneurobiochemistry and acting were really the same thing. I studied biopsych, but overloaded my courses so I could take a year abroad and study only theater at the Eugene O'Neill and in London at Bada. And then I guess I auditioned for my first professional job. When I was in college, I did something called the NETCs, which I don't know if they still have, but I believe they do, where you can audition for a conference, the New England Theater Conference. You can audition for a whole group of summer theaters all at the same time. Mm-hmm. I remember those. Yep. And mm-hmm. yeah, I wonder how. And I <laughs> got a call back for a bunch and got a couple of offers and ended up doing Shakespeare in Vermont, got my equity card, happened to fall in love and find my husband. But then ding, ding, it ding, was ding, ding. really hard for a really long time. I was not someone who had early easy representation or breaks. And there were a lot of moments of 
keep <laughs> we were just talking about Carmen San Diego the other day and like when Liv was little she had this game and I can still hear the game that would go keep going <laughs> and um there so there were a lot of little moments like that of like keep going but it, I didn't have any connections or networking. I was deeply shy. I was really bad at calling strangers. So it was a, a good uphill in the beginning. But that's the way it's supposed to be. Mm. I think if it comes really easy, then you have these expectations. Mm. And then when it turns on you, you really, you know. Ah, man, Chris, it. you know, I, I, I will say... That was beautifully said, and I am so grateful for all the years that taught me who I wanted to be on the planet before I got to be a professional in this craft, because at the end of the day, there are a lot of days where you you are not on set, even if you're uber successful, I believe that's true, mm -hmm. and you have to or I have to like myself and who I am and what I do with those days. And if you don't learn that early, I would imagine it's really tricky to learn later in life. Alicia, tell, tell our listeners maybe something that you wish you had known when you started that you now know. Ooh, what do I wish I had known well, one of the things, one of the biggest things is what you started with is, did you have fun? Like, if you are in it for a result, leave now. You got to have fun on the journey. It, it is such a journey and there are so many twists and turns. You got to love roller coasters. You got to fall in love with uncertainty. And I wish someone said, I wish I could have heard, because probably someone did say, let go of the result, let go of the, you know, the the show or the thing that you think you want so badly, love the every moment of the process, which mm. I think I have done a nice amount of, but I, I could have done even more. Mm. Mm. And what's, uh, if you if you think back, to those early days, thinking about like a brief answer, like just a couple words or how to summarize one thing that you did very right and mm. one thing that you did kind of wrong that maybe you would do differently. She's thinking. We, we, she's I am. Thinking. I am. One thing I did very right, I had a acting teacher very early on who is named Ian Tucker and one of my favorite humans. And he said, learn how to shed your baggage. And he said, if you walk into an audition and you give them your bags while you're auditioning, nobody wants to hold your bags. <laughs> so one of the most important things you need to learn how to do is no matter what happened right before you walk in the room, shed it. Even if somebody died, if you had horrible traffic, if you're just having a bad day, learn how to let it go and be present in the mm. moment. Mm. And I feel like I really digested that and put that into my cells. And I'm I'm pretty darn good at that now. 
Mm. What did I do really badly? I think I took everything personally. I think that's what I did really badly. It's taken me a really long time and I can still get hooked by taking it all too personally. I think that sensitive people come into this business by nature, you know? So I think that's just natural <laughs> to take everything yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. personally, yeah. you know? Sort of within the artist's makeup to take things mm. personally, yeah. yeah. No. What, great, what great advice to let people know to, to let everything go? Because I think as an actor, you're kind of trained to kind of have everything at your at command, you know, and, and be affected by everything. Mm. And then to be able to let it all go. So I remember carrying a lot of stuff into auditions. Yeah. And, and it didn't serve me well. Yep. And having tools to shed, like, mm -hmm. you know, David and I talk a lot about what does it mean to be a shedder and to shed. And I, I think you need a toolkit just like in my years at HB and Circle in the Square, I learned different acting tools, inside out, outside in, psychological gesture, right? Accent work, music, body work. You need tools emotionally and spiritually to be able to shed things easily. Well, I was going to say that it sounds like what something else you did right was that you got a lot of training, mm. you know, and you didn't just walk into this business, like, I can do this, you know, because I think a lot of people, you know, were the, the star of their high school play and they right. did this, you know, yeah. and, and then because of that, they're like, I can do this. And their grandmother told them they'd be a great actor and, and you know, and they just walk in, you know, with all this confidence. And then once that confidence is gone, they got nothing to fall back on. Yeah. You need a craft there. That's right. Yeah. And I'll just like piggyback on that and say, as a you know, David and I both sit, call ourselves recovering perfectionists, and I I have quite the quote-unquote work ethic, which I've now investigated as to where that falls into the white supremacy and the patriarchy and what, is, what does that mean? But I think there is something positive about training and being on time for on set and all of the all of the actor tools about what it means to be a well-trained actor you know memorization whatever it is so that you are prepared for the opportunities that come your way what does it mean to you to be an actor a working actor what does it mean to be a working Oopla. actor to me it means i I make a living doing what I love. That's really it. Like that is to me what a working actor is, is I can pay my bills doing this thing. I am not necessarily a celebrity and in, like I've been very blessed that I do have <laughs> recognition now and people stop me on the street a bunch. But for me, a working actor is one for whom this is how I pay my bills. Mm. That's a good answer. And so many times, mm -hmm. I think actors, especially starting out, say, I want to be a star. I want to be famous. And and I remember, Alicia, you and I talking about, you know, when people would say, well, you know, what do you what do you want to be? Like, what kind of actor do you want to be? And, and I would always just say, I just want to be a working actor. Like, they were like, do you want to do dramatic or comedic or Shakespearean? And I was like, I want to work. I want to be a working yeah. actor. And there is 
I think there is in this moment for me, the joy, the privilege of being able to choose which stories I want to tell. You know, that is at this particular moment, I'm like, wow, this story I've seen a lot of times, or this is a myth about women that I don't feel like being part of the storytelling of, and I can afford not to today. In a year, I might have to take that job because I'm a working actor and Mm -hmm. this is how I pay the bills. And I, I really recognize that there are ups and downs to this business. And for me, you know, I don't know if you, anybody's talked about this before, but a big piece of being a working actor too is you pay your bills doing this and you're really smart about what you do with your money when the big jobs come so that you can afford to take the smaller jobs that your heart desperately needs to tell the story. How do you invest in yourself and invest in what a long-term career and what does that look like and mean? Mm. Because that's a big part about being a working actor for me. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Can you share a story, a positive experience maybe that you had with another actor or a director on one of the last sets you were on? Oh my goodness. So many good stories. I oh, oh, oh. give me more specifics. I like I'm not good with big uh, questions. Hey, how about an experience you had on a set where either one actor or director treated another actor or another creative person with dignity and respect and you, mm. you saw that, you witnessed it. Yeah. Whether it was you being the recipient of that kindness and that positivity or someone else, and you just thought like, oh, that's, I like that person, or that's how I want to be. Well, I get it. It's so funny because I've seen the opposite so many times. But I will say I, around that one, the first one that came to mind was I had just come off Orange and I knew that character so well. And I could do her with my eyes closed. And I got an offer to do a show, a very lawyery law show. And it was some really long monologues. I was like a judge type person. And it was a guest star and I was very excited to be offered it. But then once I was there, I got really nervous because it wasn't my set. Like I had been on my set for seven years and I was super comfortable on my set. And then I think in the meantime, I'd also done the deuce and that became my set too. And all of a sudden I was like, 
not on my set. And I was a guest on somebody else's set. And I was really, really, really nervous. And I thought like, oh my God, I'm, how am I going to memorize all these lines? Like, I'm so, I, I always know all my lines. Like I never have trouble with lines, but that's how ner- I, I was like having a little panicky anxiety attack. And I didn't want to tell the director and I didn't want to tell any producers. And Paul McCrane, who is a genius actor mm. and director, was playing one of the other judges. And it was like a chamber of judges. And I was the lead judge person. And he was so... And I sort of confided in him. And I said, like, gosh, I've been on my set. And this is my first time on another set. And I haven't done a lawyer show. Like, I've done all the law and orders multiple times. But I hadn't been on a law show in maybe seven or eight years. Mm. Maybe nine. And, And he was just so kind shared his experience of like, oh my God, that happened that's happened to me so many times and totally talked me off the ledge. And guess what? I got every line word perfect. Like I never stumbled. I didn't have any problems. I was shaking. I was so afraid that the camera mm. would see me shaking, but camera didn't catch it. And that's another thing, you know, good tip. Camera sometimes camera sees all and camera can fully take it all in. And sometimes camera doesn't have, you know, you can feel like you have no idea what you're doing and camera doesn't catch it. And one of the, one of my tricks and secrets is, well, maybe the character feels that way. You know, that's one of the things I try and remember in moments like that is maybe this woman has some issue with her husband or her child right now. And she's feeling really knocked down by life, even though she's incredibly successful at work and she's the head of all of these judges. She, in this moment, is feeling really insecure. Maybe Mm. her mother just yelled at her. You know, there's some as if that's making her feel uncomfortable and insecure in this moment. Well, you just said a couple of great things. I mean, I mean, first of all, I love that story, and I love Paul McCrane. He moved back from ER and everything else, but he's amazing, in, amazing you know, human. Just love for you, listeners, Paul. for listeners to hear someone as accomplished as you say you had been working, you were working, you were coming off a hit show on Netflix, you know, seven years, and then the next set you went on, you were nervous. You got nervous, and I feel that way every time. I'm always nervous. I was. You know, on a set with just recently, uh, a little while ago with Jimmy Smits, and I was nervous because he's awesome. I love Jimmy Smits, and you know, and not just to kind of admit and be vulnerable with us and share that that you get nervous still sometimes, but also you know to act as if sometimes when you're nervous, you just act as if you're not nervous, or you act as if the character's nervous, and you're going to work that into your character, kind of character background and what the character is feeling at that moment, and that I think is is really useful. Thank you for sharing that. My pleasure. Yeah, I think that's great for our listeners to know that, that maybe that aren't working, that are just getting to audition, that you can carry that into an audition as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And just don't carry in your baggage. Okay. Um, what, Alicia? Oh, no, I was just going to say another instructor once said to me something that really helps me in those moments, which is, I remember it as BBLB, which is breathe, body, listen, I'm back. So pay attention to your breath. 
feel your body, feel your fingertips, feel your, I feel carpet underneath my toes right now. Listen to the person you're chatting with in that moment or you're doing the scene with, like get back to listening. And then I'm back. Acknowledge that you left the room, but now you're back. <laughs> I love it. I that's love it. Great. That's yeah. That's good positive that's advice. It's from another incredible instructor and actor. David, I'm totally blanking on his name and you'll remember. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. Who? Oh my um, is it Michael Howard? Who is it? No. no. Oh. I don't know. I've done movies with him. Oh, we'll this will to, take us forever. But I know. We'll I'll, have to I'll look, think of it by We'll look that yeah, up. Yeah. Let's switch gears a little bit. We're going to get to our... We have two special segments. And the first mm. one is called The Worst Audition Story Ever. <laughs> so, Alicia Reiner, star of stage and screen, please share with us your worst audition story ever. I was auditioning. I was probably like 23, 24. My first big movie audition with Georgianne Walken, Christopher Walken's wife. And I don't quite remember what happened during the audition because I didn't know how to breathe, body, listen, I'm back. And I probably stumbled a bunch of times. And at the end of the audition, Georgianne, so kindly said, well, maybe this will help you decide if you want to be an actress or not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, ouch. Yeah. Oh, did, what good, happened after nice. that? Anything? I think I went home and cried to you. Yeah. I think a lot of tears happened. I just want to see you, if you would yeah. share that. It's true. I think you probably made me a martini. Uh, or two. Oh, that's a tough one, boy. But and we look, know the decision you made, though. Oh, I kept on coming back. Clearly. That's right. And, yes. you know, it's, I, I think, as we talked about earlier, it's a calling. And there are moments, there have been so many moments where I, I have asked the universe, like, please give me a sign if you want me to stop. There's also been moments where it's been like, please give me a sign if I should get a nose job. And, and no, I would always, I would always get the get sign. No. I would always get the sign in the, you know, like in the opposite direction. Like I'd get, the, I'd get a job. So I'd be like, okay, I got one more job. Or I, you know, as David well knows my nose job story, I was really, really, really thinking of it. And then I got the Bud Light commercial as the like hero girl and I'm like well if I'm the hero girl of a national network beer commercial mm -hmm. I guess I can live without the nose job oh man thank god you decided to live without that nose job well what we do here at the end Alicia is we we try to get some of your best advice so maybe what would be in your opinion the best piece of advice that someone shared with you maybe early on in your career or something that you learned the hard way on set, mm. working, something you want to share with the other actors? Yeah, I would say there's two things I've said many times before. So I'm going to briefly say those and then I'm going to add a new one that I've never said before. So I've said many times before, shed your baggage, which we talked about earlier. And I've also many, many, many times said, don't wait, create, which is something... I wrote for myself and I truly believe in more than ever 
Don't wait for people to give you a job. Make your own opportunities. If you don't want to write or direct or produce, find friends and create a community of artists who create things together. Do not wait, create. And I will also say to that end, be of service, be of service, be of service. While don't wait, just go serve the planet and you don't have to serve as an actor, go work in a soup kitchen. Like the planet needs you. Just like I became a firefighter this year. The planet needs you to be of service. Wait, 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 hold on, hang on. <laughs> you just going to throw that out there? Like, you, <laughs> yeah. hang on. you became we'll, a we'll, firefighter? We'll do a, we'll do, I think you guys should do a special episode all about being of service. And we'll, I'll come back and talk about that. And you can have a bunch of people come talk about what does it mean to be of service as an artist? Fantastic. What does artivism mean? But yes, we're, I became a firefighter. And I believe deeply that our society doesn't teach the importance of being of service to your community and that we need to do that so much more. And as an artist, I I so deeply believe in that. But the thing that I, as I was thinking about that question, because maybe I'm lucky and I happen to know one of the hosts who whispered into my ear that I would have (laughs) to answer this question. I think the most important thing that I would say today is Keep on growing and evolving yourself for two reasons. One is you are going to have a lot of days not on set and you want to like how you spend those days. But more importantly, you're going to want to like the person you spend time with on those days, which is you. So keep on growing yourself because A, it makes you a better artist and B, it makes it much more fun to wake up in the morning with yourself. It also helps you to be a better listener, which helps you be a better actor. Stay curious. Stay deeply curious about the world. That is my biggest wish and prayer on this planet is that I not know too much, that I stay deeply curious. It is the the core of the actor. It's what makes a great character. I I get so excited every time I get a new role because I'm so curious about their world and every detail in it. But stay curious when you're not on set. Stay curious about what new things you can learn, like American Sign Language with my daughter or how to be a firefighter to be of service to my community or cooking or whatever calls your heart, stay curious and keep learning. Mm. That's great advice. And I think it's also, I think it's great advice. I just want to comment on that because I think a lot of times as actors, we, we think about, well, well, what am I going to do when I'm not working? How will I Mm. fill that time? And sometimes you hear actors who've been at it for a while say to newer actors, well, you know, make sure you have different activities to fill your time when you're not working. Cause it's, you know, we're artists, we don't work in an office, we don't have a nine to five job. And though, though many of us have been very lucky to, to do, uh, you know, 10 or 20 or 50 or more episodes of something doesn't always happen that way. Right. So we're taught like, here's how you fill your time, but you just made a point that I think is hugely important, which is being curious and trying new things 
is not only a great way to fill your time as an actor when you're not on a set, but being curious is at the heart of acting. Mm. And anytime I get to discover something as the character while the camera's rolling or make mm. a discovery mm. on stage as if it's the first time my character has ever learned this piece of information or discovered something like to me, that's one of my favorite things about acting is discovery and curiosity. So I really hadn't put it together before until you just said that in that way, that that curiosity in our daily lives as artists is not just to keep us busy. Mm. Uh, so we don't pull our hair out and say, damn it, when, when is my next role, right? What is, what, you know, my, when am I going to work again? But it's really because like that's making us better actors. Learning to stay curious is making us better actors. And it's, it's so true. And for me, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I studied psychoneurobiochemistry and I, tomorrow I'm going to be on set playing a neurobiologist and I understand the biology of the brain, the chemistry of the brain and the way myelin sheaths go and your neurons go is just like any muscle of the body, the more you use it, the stronger it gets. So any thought you think, if you think it over and over and over and over again, it becomes a belief simply because you think it over and over again. Same with practices like the practice of curiosity. The practice of shedding things, you're creating neural nets about curiosity that will then be strengthened, that will make you a better and more curious actor. The more you are able to shed, the more you teach yourself to shed, the easier it is to shed. And I would just add, you know, one other tip that it took me so long to become a meditator. And now I can't imagine life without meditation. And I think it's an extraordinary life tool, but also an extraordinary tool for artists. Well, we're going to have to have another episode with the meditator. I yeah. love it. We'll have, you'll have a very special episode about service, a very special episode yeah. about meditation and art. I love it. I love it. Leave it to Alicia Reiner, folks, to come on <laughs> to come on one podcast and then necessitate at least two or three. More. At least two others. There's just there's too much to her. There's too much depth. There's too much there there. Thank you, Alicia Reiner, for coming on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me, David. Thank Andish you. And Thank Chris. you so much. Thank we you were, so much. We're both really excited to have it. you here. We really appreciate it. And uh, of course, we wish you well with uh, Ms. Marvel. We hope that continues. We're sure it Thank will. And, um, you. and what's the other show? Remind me. I'm going to start shooting Shining Veil, our mm -hmm. second season, season two in September. And that's on and Stars, right? Now, right? Yep. With Greg Kinnear, Courtney yep. Cox, Mira Sorvino. And the film I'm doing right now is Zero Horizon with David Strathairn. Oh, and I love him. Maria Bakalova and oh, Maggie Grace and Adam Polly. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. On the, the huge body of work that you've created for yourself. Thank you so much. And you're being married to this man. And That's the lucky yes, thing. Yes, staying married. Congratulations the, on that. Stay, staying married and the beautiful children. Here, and, yeah. Here's yeah. here's the uh, other piece of advice. Oh, Do shit. Shakespeare. You'll find the love of your life. Oh, that's better than I thought you were going to say. I, <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that. I love Good it. Good job. Thanks, Alicia. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you so much. Well, it's been another great 20 minutes with you, my friend. And you too, brother. It's been fun. Yeah, that was great. 
Cool. I thought that was awesome. All right, star, star that. That was terrific. And we got another great guest coming up next week, so be sure to tune in again to Confessions of a Working Actor. Thank you.